Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. BYU team has turned the ship. Lopini lowers the shoulder and gets in for six. The Cougars control their all things. It's a touchdown! And the, and the Cougars score! Today, BYU plays for a bowl game and momentum heading into the final weekend. You know, all these fans that are out here still, regardless of the last couple weeks, it means a lot. Two regular season games to go. Two chances to make 2022 a season to remember. He just confirms that the guys love each other and they believe in each other and they have each other's back. This is KSL Special Extended BYU pregame coverage. BYU, Utah Tech. Sponsored by UCCU. Our hosts are Mitch Harper and Matt Baimonte. Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Good morning, Cougar Nation. For one final time this BYU football season, the Cougars are getting ready to take the field at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It'll be the final senior day of the Independence Era. I'm Mitch Harper, joined as always by my Cougar Sports Saturday co-host every Saturday from noon to three here on KSL, Matt Biamonte. Matt, it feels like it's bringing to a close a, a special era in BYU football, but it also is a game today that requires getting some business done as a bowl game is at stake. Yeah, uh, th- that's the most important thing, Mitch, is getting the win to move on to bowl eligibility because I'm, I'm like you and everyone else, cannot wait for the Big 12. When this season went south, it just, you know, it was time to turn the page to the Big 12. And the best way to get ready for the big 12 is to get more practices and to play in a bowl game. And they can do that later today against a Utah tech team, formerly Dixie state. If you were living under a rock, uh, they're they're now Utah tech. This team can score the ball. They're on a, they're on a little winning streak. They've put up some big numbers. They scored over 30 points in their last three games. BYU is better. I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't believe this will be a close game. But Utah Tech is uh, semi-interesting and could pose a little bit of a challenge this afternoon. We've got a loaded show for you, as always. We'll take you up to around 1130, getting you ready for BYU and Utah Tech. Kickoff is at 1.30 here on KSL, the KSL News Radio app, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It's senior day, so a bunch of seniors 
will be highlighted, and two of those guys that we know for sure are going to be playing in their last game as BYU Cougars at home, that's Lopini Katoa and Harris Lachance. They'll be joining the show a little bit later. But this BYU-Utah Tech game, Matt, BYU's coming off a bye week, and they had that great win against Boise State, which really, it's, it's not going to be one of those wins I look at and say, it's an all-time win in BYU history, but it was it was nice to see BYU, you know, circle the wagons, turn things around on the season, to be in a spot where you go into this Utah Tech game, an FCS opponent, and if you just win this one, you're getting to a bowl game. It would be a lot different feel around this game if BYU was four and six, needing to win their last two games. The season would be a complete loss. It's still an underperforming season. No one's going to sugarcoat that, but uh, that was a nice win at Boise, and let's see how they can uh, keep the momentum going coming out of the bye week. Yeah. These type of games for me, though, Mitch, um, I'm expecting a big win. That I just I feel like BYU is good enough to beat teams like this handily, like they have in the past. Like This game in the past has, has become – a game in which a lot of guys play. You get to see some new faces. And I know that's the hope for this game. Whether or not that comes to pass remains to be seen. But that's what I expect, and that's what I want to see, Mitch. I want to see Jaron Hall and Puka Nakua laughing on the sideline in the second half. I want to see guys be healthy, and I want to see this next group of players who are going to be a part of the first year of the Big 12. That that could be Jacob Conover. That could be, uh, you know, uh, wide receivers like Parker Kingston, even I, I want to see these, these guys that have not played much this year, get some run, some meaningful run against Utah tech. And if that happens, then it's a success because it means you're going to win. You're going to play in a bowl game and, and everything follows. But you, you with it, we've learned with this BOU team, Mitch, they can't not show up. Like Utah tech is capable of doing, you know, Weber state did this earlier to Utah state. At the beginning part of the season, and the Aggies have rebounded. They're having a decent year, but it can't happen. So BYU has to come prepared to play. They definitely do, and I expect that they will be ready to play. I, I just the only thing that's weird about this game to me, Matt, is that Kalani Satake even said it earlier this week that you know he he wants to get the team back into regular season mode. It almost just felt like the season kind of ended at Boise State because. BYU is the only team in America that goes 10 straight weeks without a bye. And then coming out of a bye week, you then play an FCS team. So the energy, maybe the excitement factor is a little bit lower than, say, if it was a game against Baylor. Say, next year at this time, if they're playing a game against TCU, that, that's going to be a lot more energy. I thought it was great last week when we spoke with Dave McCann, and the quiet Novembers are gone. And and that's, that's what's going to be kind of the, one of the nice things after today is that uh, you know, these these Novembers of playing FCS teams or having bye weeks, that's out the door. But in the here and now, I just want to see this BYU team be laser-focused, execute at a high level, and I want BYU to completely suffocate this Utah Tech offense. And I say that because this Utah Tech offense is pretty good. They, got a, they call it the spread and shred offense. The spread and shred. Which Come I think on. that's a cool name. Keep you in mind, do? I do. I like that. I like gimmicky names of offenses. Like when I ask Aaron Roderick, I've asked him, said, A-Rod, what's the name of your offense? He's like, well, Mitch, I, I don't have a name for the offense. If you've got a creative one, let me know. We can use that. I still haven't done that, so i got to get on my homework. 
But I, I like the gimmicky names. And this Utah Tech team's got some some good offense, and BYU's defense uh, is not you know elite by any stretch. So I hope that the defense steps up and and can just lock down this Utah Tech offense and treat them like an FCS team that they are. Because typically these games are always what fifty to three, you know, fifty to fourteen at best. I wanted it to be something like that for BYU today. Agreed. We got to take a break here on extended pregame coverage and shout out to our sponsor. We love UCCU, and they're giving away a Kawasaki Terex for UTV. Enter to win now at UCCU.com. UCCU, love where you bank. On the other side, it's hard to believe, Mitch. It's the final home game of the independent era. We'll discuss our favorite home games throughout the past de- uh, decade. Yeah, de- I was going to say century, but that's 100 years. It's only a decade. Thankfully, only a decade of independence. We'll discuss that next year on extended pregame coverage. BYU, Utah Tech, handoff middle. First down, touchdown! Special extended BYU pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Hard to believe, Mitch, but in three hours from now, they will kick off their final game at home as an independent. Next time they'll play at LaBella Edwards Stadium, they'll be a member of the Big 12 Conference. And we kind of, I love the piece that you wrote. This next segment is inspired by you. You did a lot of the work. You wrote a great piece on KSLSports.com, highlighting some of the best wins in the independent era. You can check that out, KSLSports.com. We're going to put a little twist on that. Since it's the final home game coming up, kickoff in about three hours, what have been our favorite three home wins? Because I'm not going to throw a loss in there. But favorite three home wins of the independent era. Let's start with you, Mitch. What has been your favorite win uh, at home this past 10 years? I think we've got to say BYU-Utah in 2021, right? I mean, that one was outstanding. BYU wins 26-17. to And I think what makes that win so sweet, it's it's not only a win over Utah and it ended the nine-game losing streak against the Utes, but it also was a situation where BYU beat Utah at their own game, winning at the line of scrimmage, not making mistakes, forcing some turnovers. That's what BYU dealt with so many times against Utah in that nine-game losing streak, and they beat Utah at their own game. It didn't come with any specials or any tricks or thrills. It was just BYU lining up and beating a Utah team that ended up being the Pac-12 champs and going to the Rose Bowl. That was a pretty sweet win for BYU. Huge win, uh, huge for the program. I'm with you. That's certainly in my top three. I I would put um, BYU versus Texas, the game where Taysom and Jamal ran wild, 40-21. to That game, first off, I think that was probably the biggest brand that visited BYU in the independent era up to that point. Like, there was Georgia Tech, there was Oregon State. uh, But I thought that Texas, that was one of those signature games on the schedule and for BYU to win in that fashion and then throw in, you've got Joe Tessitore on the call. You've got this crazy monsoon rainstorm. I, I just That was such a memorable game. It was delayed. And then for BYU to play the way that they did. And then Manny Diaz you know, gets canned and is kind of maybe the official end of the Mac Brown era at Texas. That was a significant win for BYU. I love that game because that was the go fast, go hard offense, and Taysom only completes nine passes in the game, and BYU <laughs> completely smokes a blue blood in Texas, and Taysom 
still gives Texas fans uh, bad memories. I'm hoping BYU plays Texas next year in the Big 12 schedule because you know those Taysom memes and storylines are going to be incredible. Uh, I love that Texas poll. Another game for me is in uh, Provo, of course, against a Big 12 team, Baylor, this year. Uh, B- Baylor, BYU defeated the Bears 26-20 to in overtime. Think about that moment. Week 2, BYU's riding high. They're facing a number 9-ranked team in the Baylor Bears who won the Big 12 a season ago. Baylor crushed BYU last year in Waco, and BYU got revenge. And it just felt like in that moment that anything was possible for BYU football and that they had arrived in, in some sort of way. Now, granted, we're, you know, 10, 11 weeks later, we're talking about a different type of BYU team than what we saw in week two. But still, in that moment, at that space, that was an incredible win for BYU. And Brett Yormark was there at the game, and it just had so much energy and buzz. And, and that's one I will always remember during that independent era. That was a great game. I, I really enjoyed that game. Does it make my list? It's probably in the four to five range. My my last one of my top three, so I got the BYU-Utah game that you mentioned in 2021. I've got the Texas game in 2013. And we want to hear from you guys as well. Text us 57500, your favorite home wins in the independent era. My last one, and this one might be nostalgic. I don't think it's one of their best wins, but for me it's it's one of the most memorable ones. Utah State in 2012. Okay. It might have been 2011, actually. Let me check the, let me check the year. 2011, here. yes. It was 20, 2011, yes. First year of independence. I'm a Greg Rubel intern, and I attended this game. I was on the sidelines. I think it was with uh, Scott... I'm trying to remember his name now. Scott, uh, it's 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 eluding me. He was a safety. Come on, Mitch, help Scott me out Johnson. here. Johnson. I was, I was thinking Jackson. It was Johnson. So yeah, I'm he, Scott Johnson, him. the dentist. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, he preceded Nate Mickle and Mitchell Juergens, sideline. And so he was on the, on the sideline reporting duties when I was an intern with Greg and we were in the end zone when Mitch Matthews caught the pass and it was just, it was pandemonium. And I thought it was kind of a significant win because Utah state probably should have won that football game. And for Riley Nelson with his long hair to put together this miraculous final drive and to get to win. And they end up winning five games. They had beaten UCF the week before they beat San Jose state. They beat Oregon state. Like, it just kind of righted the ship a little bit because it, it was it was a little off the the rails after that Utah loss, fifty four to ten. Just a just a crazy game, one that I'll always remember. That's a good one. You talk about teams that were off the rails a bit. Two thousand nineteen, BYU was definitely off the rails when they started two and four, and then they go into Lavelle Edwards Stadium on an October night against Boise State, a rivalry game, and the Broncos are undefeated, and BYU takes down Boise in 2019. That's one of my favorite games as well. And that that one in 2019 was special because if BYU doesn't win that game, Matt, we might be talking about a BYU program right now today with a different head coach. BYU probably is not employing Kalani Satake if they continue on that losing streak that they were on. They lost to Toledo. They lost to USF. They were 2-4. and four. Kalani's back was, back was against the wall. I remember in that post game after the Boise 
uh, press conference, Isaiah Kafusi and Diane Lake, they basically were like, we knew Kalani's back was against the wall, and we knew that we we love that guy, and we got to get that win for him. I mean, everyone just knew uh, what was at stake, and for BYU with a third-string quarterback in Baylor Romney to step up and spoil Boise State's New Year's Six hopes, I thought that was a pretty cool win as well. And I think I picked that one too maybe because – it felt like all the great home moments were in September and there wasn't much in October and November. And again, that's going to be something that's nice in the future is that you're going to have games that have magnitude on the national landscape in November. Even next year, if BYU say is, you know, five and six or whatever they are, but they're playing a number four ranked TCU team, they're in the national radar. And that's going to be so refreshing for BYU uh, going forward is that they're in a league and independence served its purpose, but that will be so nice for this program going forward. we got to take a break, though. On the other side, we will continue to break down BYU and Utah Tech as you caught up with Lopini Katoa, BYU senior running back, getting ready for his last home game as a BYU Cougar. Extended pregame rolls on here on KSL News Radio. When it came down to the wire, the Cougars pulled off a huge win on the blue turf at Boise State. Keanu from left to right. The keeper for Jaron Hall follows Lupini into the end zone. Touchdown, Jaron Hall, and the Cougars open on top. Now, BYU plays for the postseason. A win today makes the Cougars Bowl eligible once again. Uh, saying goodbye to people, it's, it's difficult, and so we're hoping to extend that goodbye by winning this game. You're listening to special extended BYU pregame coverage. BYU. You, Utah Tech, sponsored by UCCU on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Welcome back in to extended pregame coverage of BYU and Utah Tech right here on KSL News Radio. It's Matt Biamonte and Mitch Harper breaking down the game, getting you ready for the final home game of the final independent season. It's hard to believe, but the next time, after, of course, the game later today, that BYU will play in the stadium, they'll be an official member of the Big 12. Very exciting. But they got to finish this season, and they got to finish it on a high note. And a win against Utah Tech would give them a bowl eligibility and a chance to continue the season with a bowl game. So, so it's a big game, and BYU, it's senior day, and there are 37 players that are going to receive a senior blanket. 13 for sure are playing their last game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and there's a bunch of other players who are going to walk and get the blanket and be recognized, but they have the chance to return. Some of them we know will not come back. Some of them are up in the air. Of the 13 for sure that will be playing their last game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, we've got running back Chris Brooks, defensive back Matt Criddle, defensive lineman Lorenzo Fawatea, defensive back Caleb Hayes, Fullback Houston Hamuli, defensive back Chris Jackson, tight end Lane Lunt, who's been out most of the year with an injury, D'Angelo Mandel, Pepe Tonavasa, Alden Tofa, Earl Tuoti Mariner, Joe Tukawafu, and also running back Lopini Katoa. And right now, we want to bring in that senior running back Lopini Katoa, 27 touchdowns in his career. He's been here for a long time. And Lopini, your last home game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Have you given any thought or significance to walking out that tunnel and playing one final game in front of BYU fans at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? I know it's going to be special. Last year I, I actually walked 
Um, I, th I didn't know if I was going to be done or not, so I kind of experienced a little bit of what it was going to be like. But in the back of my mind, I knew I had a, another op opportunity. But this is it right here, so I know it's going to be different, and I don't know how to prepare for it, really. How has this final year been for you, knowing that, you know, you walked and you had a decision to make, but you ultimately run it back? How's that extra year been for you? Uh, it's been good. You know, I just got to, you know, I came back to prove something more to myself and to give more to my teammates and, and the school. And so, you know, it hasn't been the picture-perfect season that we wanted, but just taking it for, you know, how blessed that we are, how grateful we are, um, taking it for what it is and, and, you know, taking advantage of the last opportunity to play in Lavelle, you know, just making the most of it. Knowing that the year hasn't went as you guys wanted it to go, how special was it to get uh, a win against Boise State? Uh, it's great. You know, uh, coaches always talk about how hard it is to get a win in college football. And regardless of what our record is, you know, that win was big. You know, whether we would have been undefeated or not, that would have been a tough game. And so the fact that we played to our potential that game and, and got it done was uh, huge for us. You have by my count, 27 career touchdowns. Um, is there one touchdown or play in your career that sticks out above some of the other ones? Man, I think to I put you on say, the spot. <laughs> well, I always say that I'll never forget the first one, you know, just um, working hard, not knowing where you fit in, you know, on the squad, trying to trying to prove uh, something to yourself and to the other people. So that first one, it was against McNeese State my freshman year. Um, I'll always remember that. A lot has changed since your freshman year. You've seen um, some down years at BYU, and you've been a part of some teams that won double-digit wins. How has it been being a member of the BYU football program throughout all that positive change? Uh, I think it's been a really uh, good opportunity for me just to see, you know, how, how to react in adversity and, you know, how to act when you're at the top, you know, because um, both require a lot of uh, discipline. And so just to see both ends of that, um, it's been really uh, beneficial for me. Where do you think uh, where do you think things changed? Just to harken back in your younger years, was was there a moment where you really felt like, hey, we're turning the corner as a program, we're going to be back to what BYU is? Yeah, I feel like the moment, like after our four and nine season, there was just a fire all off season. You know that that was not what BYU is and, and was. Um, so, I think just from the moment we we hit rock bottom, it's just been up from there. You know. Talking with Lapini Katoa here on extended pregame coverage. I got to be honest, Lapini, I thought you might say the uh, it wasn't a touchdown, but that catch against UCF oh, where you yeah. let me. That's a, yeah. th where does that one rank up in your all-time yeah, plays think, here? I think the that photograph will always be, you know, <laughs> something I'll show my kids one day. But yeah, that that was a fun moment and just a fun season all around. You know, when I think back to the uh, COVID year, it was uh, it was different, it was unique, but it was like one of the best memories of my life. Can you believe that happened? I just, it's, I mean. Not to say we're totally out of the pandemic, but it does feel like we're back to normal. Right. What do you remember just about that unique season, as yeah. you said? You just you literally had to take it one day at a time. You never knew whether your game was going to get canceled as a whole, whether you were going to you know, be sitting out for the next week or two. It was just so unpredictable, and so you just were grateful every time it took the field, and we still try to carry that, you know, just being grateful for every opportunity because you never know. Is there a, a game in particular that you were a part of that, that you still have vivid memories from? Man, a lot. There's a lot. I don't know where to start. Um, man, I I'll, I'll always remember Wisconsin when we went out there um, when I was a young kid. And what was jump around like? Man, that was that was different. Like I was my first time in a really big venue, and the fact that we just took all their energy, um, 
that was their that's their theme song, right? And right. we're over here making it ours. Like yep. they were quiet in the stands, and we were. And at that moment, I was like, "Wow, we're really gonna win this game." And so that kind of opened my eyes, like we can get it done against any team. Any other games stick out besides Wisconsin? Uh, Wisconsin was big. Um, I always have memory of San Diego State last year. Just how cold it was. <laughs> yeah. my, my boy Tyler went down that game, so I had to take a ton of <laughs> carries. And so it was just like a, it was a fun memory because it was so cold, and I was just like huffing and puffing the whole game. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's nice to, to go back and like, yeah, we, I really did that. We won that game, and you know, it was just it was just a good memory. Obviously, a win comes first against Utah Tech, but are there any? things you're hoping to have come to pass in this final home game for you maybe a touchdown or a, a big play not necessarily for me um you know i hope i can get my job done whatever that is uh i guess just for me it's just sending myself and all the other seniors out on, on a good note and and really um putting putting work like we can you know um we should be able to to do what we can and and have a great game against them you spent your entire career here at BYU under uh, Kalani Sitake. What has he meant to you, and, and how has he been a leader for the program through this, uh, you know, through the difficulties this year? Uh, you know, I I know he he's on the, you know, in the spotlight, and so he has it worse than than any of us when things are going bad. And so, just seeing how he reacts, um, learning from how he responds to adversity, and always finds a way to dig himself out, um, is definitely lessons I'll always remember. Last thing for you, obviously there's still games to be played, but what's next? Prepare for the NFL draft after the season? Yeah, kind of just taking it one game at a time. I really am not looking too far into the future, especially with uh, you know the last few weeks of college football. Um, so, yeah, just making the most of it for what it is right now and Le- seeing what's next. Cool. Lapini, good luck, and thanks for the time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. There you go, Lapini Katoa playing in his final game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and today's extended pregame coverage is brought to you by UCCU, they have 15-month saving certificates with an APY of 4%. UCCU, love where you bank. Back after this. Special extended BYU pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame coverage. BYU versus Utah Tech, Senior Day. It's going to be a cold one, so bundle up accordingly if you're going to be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And if you're there, get there early because 37 players are going to be honored on Senior Day. They're going to be receiving those Senior Day blankets. It's a tradition that's been around BYU football for decades. And myself, Mitch Harper, and Matt Biamonte will be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium giving you all the insight and coverage to Senior Day and BYU versus Utah Tech, which kicks off today here at 1.30 p.m. One of the players that will be receiving his senior blanket is Harris Lachance, a six foot eight, 310-pound offensive tackle from Harriman, Utah. You know, Harris is a guy that's currently listed as a junior or other, but he joins me now, and Harris, you've made it clear that this is going to be your last game as a BYU football player at home at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Correct, yeah. This is my fifth year, too, so I'm excited. What's the experience been like here at BYU for you? Uh, Absolutely incredible. I've been blessed to be here and to play here and to uh, make all these connections and make all my friends, and I'm very grateful to play here. Let's take it back. What brought you to BYU? Because I remember you were were on a mission, and I remember you were originally committed to Utah State. What brought you to BYU? So I went on my mission, and I realized... 
just kind of had a change of heart, and I was like, no other place I want to play than for Brigham Young, man. And uh, fortunately, it worked out for me, and uh, I couldn't be happier. I, I played here, and this is a wonderful university. I'm just the legends here, and uh, just the atmosphere here is, is like no other, no other school. So, What went into the decision to... Uh make this be your your last year because you could have run it back in, in year one of the Big 12 era. What what made you say, like, this is this going to be it after this season? Actually, I wanted to leave last year, but I got hurt with that high ankle sprain. That I was horrible. It took a long while to, to heal. But this year, I was like, yeah, I'm getting older. It's my fifth year here, and uh, I want to move on, man. I want to see what I can do in the NFL, so I'm excited. I can only imagine, too, you're married, too, and got a kid and want to provide for, for them. And so football is something that you still want to pursue after this season. Absolutely. Yeah, I plan on it. What's you feel like some of your best attributes to put yourself in a position to pursue an NFL career? Yeah, so uh, a lot of agents have been telling me, uh, you know, NFL, they, lo- they love my versatility. I've been playing guard this year as well and uh, love uh, kind of my physicality and my size and stuff. So it's looking, it's looking good. I'm excited. Athleticism too is something that's always been, I think, viewed as is one of your strengths as a, as an offensive lineman. I feel like you've been able to showcase your best skills despite. I know you've navigated injuries, but I feel like you put out your best film, I guess, during your time at BYU. Uh, yeah, I've done my best, man. Uh, this year I had to learn a whole new position, guard, and uh, a little bit different. Uh, so I've been working on that, but uh, yeah, I've, I've uh, done my best, man, for real. There's still some games left. It's not completely over. And uh, t- today against Utah Tech, I think your brother is, if I'm not mistaken, isn't he on the, the Trailblazers? That's true. This is his first year. I'm super excited to see him. How did Porter end up at Utah Tech? <laughs> he just signed with him out of high school. He went on his mission to New Jersey, came back, and two weeks later he was down there at fall camp. So this is his first year. But I'm really excited. It's the first time we'll be on a football field at the same time together. It's a big thing for me. And it's, it's cool how it turned out. It's on senior night and... It worked out perfectly, so I, I couldn't be happier. Have you talked at all this week, or is it uh, like, hey, we're, we're going to hold off from uh, communicating? No, no, we, we talk all the time. We, uh, we have a great relationship. So This Utah Tech team, though, it seems like they're coming in loose, and they feel like they want nothing, no pressure on the line. Have you guys been dialed in to you know, get ready for this match, make sure you get, you know, get that sixth win to get to bowl eligibility? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, we, uh, We've been treating this game like any other game and uh, trying our hardest to uh, prepare the best we can. Harris, so I want to ask, too, you know, a lot is made about the culture at, at BYU, and that gets brought up because, you know, there's been some tough times this year. From your experience, seeing kind of the ups and downs during your five years here in this program, you've seen a lot. What would, how would you assess the, the culture and, and maybe just that love and learn that uh, Kalani preaches in this program? You know, yeah, we talk about love and learn, and I think some people kind of think of it as maybe a softer thing. But I'm here to say it's been a tough five years, man, and we are absolute grinders. We lift every day. I mean, we... we uh, are some of the hardest bunch, and I take pride in that. And so that culture of love and learn really comes in handy when you, you know, you're down and it's tough and you're grinding, but um, you kind of take a step back and think this is all going to work out for a reason and we're all going to make it through and we're going to be better together. It's a great culture. I love it. Well, Harris, thanks for the time and congrats on, on your BYU career and wish you nothing but the best going forward. And it's been a pleasure covering your time here. And, uh, again, looking forward to your future uh, career and all the success you'll have going forward. Appreciate you, brother. Great catching up with Harris Lachance. Really like that guy. Great personality. Wish him nothing but the best. And, you know, you heard it there. He gives you kind of a little bit of a lens into sometimes guys are just ready to move on and they want to see what they can do at the next level and – Wish nothing but the best to Harris Lachance and all of these seniors as BYU will honor 37 players today at Lovell Edwards Stadium. If you want to see the full list, go to kslsports.com. Hour number two coming up next here on Extended Pregame as we break down BYU and Utah Tech 
here on KSL News Radio. This BYU team has turned the ship. Lopini lowers the shoulder and gets it for six. The Cougars control their own things. It's a touchdown! And the, and the Cougars, Cougars score! Today, BYU plays for a bowl game. And momentum heading into the final weekend. You know, all these fans that are out here still, regardless of the last couple weeks, it means a lot. Two regular season games to go. Two chances to make 2022 a season to remember. It just confirms that the guys love each other and they believe in each other and they have each other's back. This is KSL's special extended BYU pregame coverage. BYU, Utah Tech. Sponsored by UCCU. Our hosts are Mitch Harper and Matt Baimonte. Legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Hour number two of extended BYU football pregame rolls on. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte, we're the hosts every Saturday, noon to three. Even when football season concludes, we hold it down here on KSL News Radio every week from noon to three here on the Legacy Home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Kickoff today for BYU and Utah Tech is at 1.30 p.m. You can listen to the call. On KSLNewsRadio.com, uh, the KSL News Radio app. Also, there's a feed on KSLSports.com to pick up the KSL News Radio feed. So, a lot of different ways to catch out or catch BYU and Utah Tech, the last home game of the BYU football 2022 season. And to break down this BYU Utah Tech game, we do it every single week. Uh, we have this uh, segment where we give you some, some stats, some key numbers. It is. Three and out. Three and out. A quick hit look at BYU's next opponent on the gridiron. It's three and out on Cougar Sports Saturday. Yeah, we do this every single week during the football season and three and out. This is where we want to get you a little deeper dive on the matchup. So we'll give you some stats, some key players to watch, a bold prediction. And like any football drive, Mitch, you know where it begins. First down. First down, we take a look at a key stat to watch in today's matchup, BYU and Utah Tech. Keep a quick note, you can follow all the our coverage on uh, social media on Twitter, at KSL Sports on Twitter, if it's still up and running. I think Twitter's still up and running. I think Elon Musk hasn't, thro- hasn't thrown in the towel it's just yet. It's still running. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to get that in there. Anyway, key stat for me, Matt, is the number 37, and... That is the number of players that will be honored today with a senior blanket. So if you're driving to the stadium today, get in those seats early because it is going to be a long senior day blanket ceremony. 37 guys will be included. And just some clarity as to why that's the case. Uh, there's there's a bunch of seniors that we know are going to play in their final game. You heard from a few of them earlier in Harris Lachance and Lopini Katoa. But there's a bunch of COVID juniors and some other guys that are sophomores that they've already earned their undergrad degree. They maybe have been dealing with injuries. They maybe are just ready to move on from football. Uh, or they you know, they have the option to run it back like Jaron Hall or Pukunakua. A bunch of those guys will be honored as well. So 37 seniors. Any quick thoughts on, on this senior class, Matt? Great senior class. Uh, they had such a hand in changing the program. Because like, think about a guy like Lopini. He was there at BYU's worst in the independent era, and he saw BYU get to, to a lot of their highs. So a lot of these guys, I think, are honestly, Mitch, responsible for BYU getting into the Big 12 because of their success. Definitely agree with you there. What's your stat that you're watching today? 
Much has been made about Utah Tech's offense, and uh, rightfully so. The spread and shred can put up some points, but you know what also gets uh, spread and shred, Mitch? Their defense. They give up 478 yards per game. That's their total defensive number, 478. So BYU should have no problem putting up points. Uh, Really, to me, can BYU stop their offense? And we'll have to see, but they're not a good defensive team. BYU should have their way with them offensively. Second down. All right, here in second down, we give you some players to watch in the matchup. For me, on the BYU side of things, I'm keeping an eye on Hinkley Ropati. Now, Chris Brooks is expected to come back. Chris has been dealing with his hamstring injury that he suffered against Liberty. He's been dealing with it since September, uh, but it really kind of got magnified against Liberty. So he's expected back, according to Harvey Unga. Same with Miles Davis, but Hinkley Ropati, he showed us something against Boise State, especially in the receiving game. During the bye week, he got married to his fia- to his girlfriend, uh, so congrats to Hinkley. But I'm curious to see kind of the follow-up act from Hinkley Falau Ropati. So he's a guy that I'm watching for. And then on the Utah Tech side of things, Joey Hobart. He's a wide receiver for the Trailblazers. Leads FCS football in receiving yards. Keep in mind, this was a guy that BYU wanted uh, when he was coming out of high school. He was a three-star recruit. He signed with Washington State. He was playing for Rolovich and Craig Stutzman, the offensive coordinator for Utah, or for now for Utah Tech. He moved from Washington State to Utah Tech to stay with Stutzman in this spread and shred offense, and he's putting up some huge numbers. So keep an eye on Joey Hobart. I like that. For me, it is uh, it's Hobart as well for for Utah Tech. He leads the FCS in so many categories. He's he's a dang good receiver. Uh, for BYU though, I'm gonna watch Puka Nakua because. After the Liberty game, I probably would have said, you know, still the injuries, the stats aren't there. He probably needs to run it back if he wants to uh, jump up the NFL draft chart. Well, after what he did against Boise State, I mean, his past four games, Mitch, Puka's had eight catches, seven, seven, and then 14 against Boise State with that phenomenal game-winning touchdown grab. If he puts up another big day, and there's no reason he can't, He could be well on his way to 55, 60 receptions. Maybe he gets seven, eight, nine TDs. If he puts up big numbers against Utah Tech and Stanford, he will have, I think, enough body of work to maybe jump up the NFL draft boards because we know the talent's there. There's no denying the talent. It's just the injury. But he's. I think he will have played enough games and put up good enough numbers that you could be looking at the last home game for Puka Nakua, and I I didn't think that was going to be the case halfway through the year, but he has surged on this back half of the schedule, and now he's in a great position to go to the league if he wants to do that. Third down. Just to kind of put a bow on it, I agree with you on Puka Nakua. I think it's going to be interesting to see what he ends up doing because he has been surging. On third down, we give a bold prediction. We'll make these ones quick here. I'm going to say BYU's offense – I like what you said about the Utah Tech defense. They get spread and shredded, too. Uh, BYU's offense will shred them. I'm saying the Cougars put up 600-plus yards of offense today against Utah Tech. What's your bold prediction? Kind of along the same lines, because I think their defense is so bad and BYU's going to score a lot of points, I think it's going to mean a lot of guys are going to play. And my bold prediction is we're going to see the first two touchdown passes in the career of Jacob Conover. And so... 
Jacob Conover, two TD passes in the second half. That's my bold prediction. I like that. And I like our sponsors, too, of Extended Pregame, Utah Community Credit Union. UCCU is giving away a Kawasaki Terex UTV. You can enter to win now at uccu.com. UCCU, love where you bank. Taking a break on the other side, we'll give our score predictions for BYU and Utah Tech on this fabulous senior day. It's going to be a cold one. But BYU and Utah Tech extended pregame rolls on here on KSL News Radio. BYU Utah Tech makes the catch. Step back inside for the touchdown. Score! Special extended BYU pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back in to extended pregame coverage, the final segment before we hand it over to Greg and the boys at the BYU Sports Network. Uh, sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, Mitch, but how do you feel about the phrase that gets thrown around BYU so much, the boys, when referring <laughs> to the football team? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a real gem. Uh, what's it like being with the boys? Uh, yeah, please. Like, Hey, they're men. They're grown men. Kalani, uh, they're so Kalani, mature. Uh, Kalani, how did you celebrate uh, in the locker room with the boys? <laughs> it's like I've always kind of wondered about that. Like, why do we call these guys boys? They are men. I know they're young still in their college lives. You're learning stuff still, but they're forty year olds, Mitch. <laughs> They've been home for their missions. They're grizzly veterans. They're not boys. <laughs> oh, Utah Tech. I'm curious to see, you know, how they uh, uh, view BYU. It's interesting. Their head coach, Paul Peterson. He said the BYU fan base, they've always got those high expectations expecting national championships. And I'm like, okay, that Hold let's up. let's not uh fuel the fire there, Paul. Hey, quick note, Paul <laughs> Peterson, uh, he is the younger brother to former BYU quarterback Charlie Peterson. This Utah Tech staff has a ton of ties to BYU. Uh Loney Fangupo, former BYU defensive lineman, Shane Hunter, a former BYU linebacker. Michael Davis, uh, or Mike Davis, not the defensive back. He's at the Chargers. I'm like, wait a minute here. You quit the Chargers or wait, overnight? Wait, I, I correct myself. Michael Smith, uh, not Davis. Uh, Michael Smith, he was an analyst at BYU. So, so many BYU ties to this game with Utah Tech. And uh, uh, should be a fun one today. What's your score prediction for BYU, the boys, against the, the Blazers of Utah Tech? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh I got BYU winning this game 48 to 27. I do think Utah Tech will score points. Uh and, and BYU very well could score more points. I just think Kalani's made it an emphasis throughout his career not to run up the score and I think they'll be and I, I don't agree with this Mitch cuz I want to see Jacob Conover and the boys <laughs> run the offense in the second half. I don't think they will. I think it'll be a lot of running kind of burn the clock so i'm gonna say byu 48 27 what about you i'm going with a more aggressive score total on this one i'm gonna say byu 59 utah tech 24 and i'm saying the 59 spot because i do think this will be kind of a little bit of an audition from jacob conover for next year now Jaren, it has to be right. It, it has to he needs the he needs the opportunity absolutely and jaron hall has not Normally said he's moving on to the NFL, but let's face he's it. He's moving on, Mitch. Come yes. on. Him and Puka both addressing the media earlier this week. It kind of just felt like two guys that know it's nearing the end and, hey, let's enjoy this moment together and have some fun with the media and give some funny quotes. Like, it, it just it kind of felt like this is our last hoorah. Let's enjoy it. And, again, those guys are going to have to formally make that announcement. But 
I want some real intel on Conover. I don't want it just to be handoff from Conover to Hinkley Rapati. Like, let's see this dude let it let it rip because this is a type of game yes. where he should have the protection. And look, Utah Tech, their coaching staff were saying those things about. At BYU's fan base, they always have these unreal expectations. All right, well, you want to you want to play that game? Well, we're gonna let this thing fly in the fourth quarter. I know that doesn't fit the Kalani Sataki mo. I'm getting, uh, I'm I'm going bold here with this score prediction, but I just think that we need some real tangible data on Jacob Conover going into next season because if he is going to be the guy, and ideally, Matt. I think BYU should want Jacob Conover to emerge as QB1 because the guy's been around since 2020. There's so much just natural institutional knowledge of BYU. You want him to succeed. So I want to see Conover get that chance in the second half, and I think BYU should give him the green light to let it, let it rip and pass the football. So BYU 59, Utah Tech 24. I know it's bold, but I'm going out there. I'll go out on a limb here. I like it, Mitch. Uh, everything you just said, I agree with. That's exactly what I want to see. Well, that'll do it for us here on extended pregame coverage. Shout out to our sponsor, UCCU. They're giving away a Kawasaki Terex 4 UTV. Enter to win now at UCCU.com. UCCU, love where you bank. That'll do it, Mitch. Uh, shout out to you. Shout out to, uh, hey, we didn't have a producer this week, so we're working on that. But uh, shout out to uh, our board off as well for getting it done. And now we'll turn it over to Greg and the boys on the BYU Sports Network. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.